Well, hey everyone. Welcome to episode 312 of F-Stop, Collaborate and Listen with your host, Matt Payne. This week, I finally got the chance to talk to one of my favorite photographers here in Colorado, Alfredo Mora. Alfredo works full-time supporting the NASA program and takes some absolutely splendid photographs. He placed third in the second year of the Natural Landscape Photography Awards and has always impressed me with his modesty and level-headedness. This week, we explore several themes across a variety of topics, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Before we start with the episode, I want to quickly thank someone for their thoughtfulness. One of our listeners, Trudy Grin, sent in this amazing note. Hi Matt, I love your podcast and I've learned so much from you and your guests. I recently had the opportunity to do a one-on-one session with John Norris in Joshua Tree National Park. I learned about him through your podcast. He was an amazing and excellent instructor, a genuinely nice individual, and fabulous to work with. I would like to support your Patreon, the $20 per month level, in his honor. Wow, that is so heartwarming. Uh, Thank you for validating my goal of building and supporting our amazing community of nature photographers on this podcast, Trudy. If you would like to support the show like Trudy, please go to patreon.com forward slash f-stop and listen to support the show. Okay, let's get to this week's episode with Alfredo Mora. Right, Alfredo Mara, it's awesome to have you here, my friend. Hey, Matt, good to be here. Thanks so much for the invite. Uh, it's a great honor uh, to be on your show. I've been listening for uh, a few years, so you always do a great job, so I appreciate it. Yeah, of course, and I'm always happy to have a fellow Coloradan on the show. There you go, right? We got to stick together, man. That's right. There's, there's a few of us here in Denver, uh, and I know there's quite a few where you're at. Yeah, I was going to say, although you're... Um, your transplant, you know. Yeah, I don't count, right? <laughs> and <laughs> right. I happen to be a Texas, like a former Texan, so right, that makes like it the, worse. Exactly. <laughs> well, it could be worse. I could be Californian. Uh, no offense, anybody. But. Right, no, it's all in good fun, all in good fun. Yeah. Well, I don't even remember where I first came across your work, but I've, enjo- I've really enjoyed seeing your work in nat- Natural Landscape Photography Awards and, of course, we chat a lot over on the Discord channel, and you're over on NPN, so we see each other pretty much all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you used to be on Twitter, and I'm not there anymore, but Instagram, yeah. Yeah, all the, all the places. <laughs> all the places, for sure. So for people that aren't familiar with you, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Alfredo Mora. Um, I'm currently based out of Denver, Colorado. Married, uh, wonderful wife, have a almost 10 year old son I just uh, uh, moved here from from San Antonio where I grew up um, I'm originally from Mexico um, but we moved here to the United States when I was very young so pretty much lived all my life in the in the US so yeah I grew up in in the Texas Hill country and then in 2019 uh, moved my family out here for work awesome awesome yeah. Texas so. Hill country that is a that is one part of Texas that I think I would enjoy photographing. Yeah, there are some really good spots around there, and I'm ashamed to admit I never 
went to uh, what's the big the Big Bend? Big Bend, yeah. National Park, or yeah, uh, I'd love to go back there sometime and photograph it, but I never had the opportunity. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, Texas has got some good spots. You just gotta do a little more digging. Unlike Colorado, where you just turn and right yeah, there, there's a view. You just walk out your door and it's like, <laughs> oh, this is amazing. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I yeah. forgot to mention, I'm not a full-time photographer. I, I do work full-time as an IT uh, architect uh, supporting our space program. So Yeah, that's that amazing. That keeps you busy. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Yeah, so you're just busy ro- launching rockets up into space? Yeah, they, uh, a lot of it's top secret, secret, which I can't tell you, but I'm just kidding. Uh, That'll be the Patreon episode. There you go. Yeah, you got to subscribe to that. <laughs> but no, the running joke in, in the family is I take care of a lot of the space monkeys um so yeah that's that's what i do but awesome and uh, tell us a little bit about how you got into photography uh let's see yeah i think it was around 2010 when i started to get uh into it um i think that the digital age was around that time or maybe uh 2007 2008 around that time frame my brother had a uh, Canon Rebel camera and that I picked up and I looked through it and I was amazed at the clarity and what you could do with it and then uh, there was a co-worker that had a uh, later on uh, had a 5D Mark One camera that was pretty sweet so yeah that's how I got started um, I remember going to New York City with my wife and um, when we were dating and I had a little Canon point and shoot and so I was just snapping pictures and uh, they're just having fun and that's really what, what started the whole uh, passion for photography. Awesome. So would you say that you started out as an architectural photographer then? Yeah, yeah. I don't know why that was. Maybe because that was what's, what was around when I lived in Houston. It's a modern city, city, so there's a lot of cool architecture there. But I was also shooting wildlife, um, living near the coast there. Uh, not much landscape or nature since it's all flat. <laughs> Um, so yeah, a lot of cityscapes, a lot of architecture, um, is how I got started. And then when I moved from Houston to San Antonio around 2012, um, I started a small photography, architecture photography business. And, uh, uh, San Antonio is really cool because there's a lot of historic buildings. Um, uh, so it's really interesting to go and, and photograph that. So yeah, I had a lot of fun with that and. Uh, started to get into more landscape photography at that time uh, and nature photography. And then I think kind of took the long road, but eventually I uh, found my true passion, which was uh, nature photography. Still yeah, do yeah. a little bit of wildlife. But no more architecture? Uh, not so much. Yeah, I'm not brave enough to venture down <laughs> downtown Denver. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say 16th it's Street Mall wild. is uh, it's a little it's a little bit different than it was 10, 15 years yeah. ago. Well, I visited. We visited Denver for work. My uh, and I brought my wife, and and uh, uh, it was different back then. Uh, this was around 2015, 2016. City had a really cool vibe and just uh, really nice architecture, really nice buildings. But yeah, it's changed quite a bit, and I just haven't gone down there and have you know photographed the, the architecture. I do need to go out there, to be honest, but yeah, I've been so sure. busy just with uh, the mountains. Uh, that's really what's what's calling me right now. Yeah, I, I can't blame you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys have it much better than we do, but... Oh, well, it's different. Yeah. 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 Front range. It's yeah. all good. 
Yeah. So I'm curious, since you started out as an architectural photographer, uh, how has that informed your approach to photographing nature scenes? Yeah, so when I was photographing architecture, I think what translates is uh, compositions and paying attention to the compositions. Mm -hmm. When you're working with an architecture firm, uh, with the architects, they're, they're pretty particular, and they're paying you to represent and capture the buildings or their building uh, in a certain way. Uh, clean aesthetics, clean lines, good use of negative space if it's called for uh, different perspectives. And, you know, paying attention to that in my own recent uh, work uh, with clean compositions and, and form and, and making that subject shine. More of a minimalist approach, I would say. I think mm. that's how it's translated. Yeah, that, that seems to resonate for me in terms of kind of when I look at your work and what makes it stand out is I feel like you've, you've got a really good sense of composition. And the other thing I was going to mention about your photography is it seems like you have a really good grasp on moment, if that makes sense. Like you, you capture these little vignettes of kind of just quick snaps of time that are kind of ephemeral in nature. You know, like you have this photo that for some reason always sticks to my head where you, mm -hmm. where you caught this snow that was caught by the wind in this in some pine trees and you know it's like it's not a very complicated photograph but it captured a really interesting moment that I think we probably see all the time but capturing it with a camera is actually really challenging yeah yeah that was a, a fun one to capture and just being in the at the right place at the right time and, and being aware of what's happening uh slowing down um you know that allowed me to to kind of see that and record it and it's been a real popular one for me so, yeah, and thank I, you. Yeah, of course, of course. So you'd mentioned earlier that you were originally from, uh, born in Mexico, and I'm just curious if at all that if your cultural background has influenced your photography. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I did some thinking on that one. I can't say it 100% or directly translates or influences my photography. Um, I grew up on a uh, in a small town. Uh, working since I was young, working on a, on a ranch, uh, uh -huh. a farm. Yeah. We did a lot of work on the weekend. And so there's a, my dad instilled a hard work ethic in me. And also that uh, just to be thankful for uh, what we have and showing that gratitude. So when I go out into nature, I try to, uh, I think that's reflected uh, in, in my attitude towards nature. I'm, I'm always appreciative of being out there because um, it is a privilege to, to be there and, and to be blessed uh, uh, with that environment. So I think that that sort of, uh, my culture sort of influences that to some extent and that upbringing. Yeah, and I was going to say, having the work ethic, I'm sure has influenced probably some of your approaches to photography in terms of like going back to the same places over and over again and being patient and understanding that you can go out and sometimes get nothing and at first time might be frustrating but eventually it'll pay off kind of that kind of thing yeah exactly it took me a, a while to to come to that approach that mindset there's a, a journey that we all take and uh, just being aware of 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 that, I think that's important. And, and returning to those places 
because the more you go back, the more you see, the more the more that's revealed, and you're always changing, and so you're seeing things differently from a year ago or even mm-hmm. just a week ago. So yeah, that's a yeah, really yeah. cool approach. Yeah, it's awesome, and I'm sure spending time on the ranch and being outside, and I'm I'm sure that instilled some some respect in you for the for the outdoors and kind of what it what it meant for you growing up and things like that i'm curious if if that ever comes up in your photography in terms of things that you notice when you're outside and what you try to capture showing gratitude like gratitude like i said just uh being thankful for for being out there uh in nature is what it comes down to cool yeah I know you said you work full-time doing cool outer space rocket things um, that you can't tell us or else you'll have to kill us. But, you know, you also have a family (laughs) and you have kids and you have a wife and you're trying to do things in photography. And so I'm curious, how are you finding time to make all of these great images? Tell us a little bit about your approach to, to balancing all of these commitments. Yeah, it it is a challenge to be honest. Uh, I'm currently working, like I said, full time. So I'm on a what's called a four ten schedule. So I work ten hour days, four days a week, and then uh, that Friday uh, is my day off. So usually I can get away for a quick trip into the mountains or uh, a state park, you know, once a week. Best case scenario. Now that changes. Once summer arrives, you know, my son's out of school. So my time in the field and out of nature dramatically decreases. Hmm. Uh, but I try to take advantage of that one day um, and uh, try to travel one to three hours away. I can usually get away with that um, if I leave early and then go explore, uh, see what I can find and then come back in time to uh, be with my family for the for the weekend. So, yeah, time out in the field is, is pretty limited, but I try to make the most out of it. And I'm guessing or maybe remembering that choosing Denver was pretty important part of your equation in terms of putting yourself close to areas that you would want to photograph while having higher quality of life and access to the outdoors and a good job and things like that. So while it's expensive, I'm guessing that it's paid off for you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, being close to, to the scenery that we have, the mountains and all the landscape opportunities, that was a big uh, driver for moving moving here. Uh, when we visited in 2016, you know, uh, I've never really been close to the mountains. So, yeah, it left, definitely left an impression on me. And uh, it's it's worked out really nicely to to have that uh, sort of as your backyard. Yeah, great. But probably comes with some sacrifices and in terms of cost of living and things like that. Yeah, for sure. And if I ideally I would live in a smaller town, right? Um, like <laughs> like you, <laughs> uh, and work full full time remote, and then you know really because cost of living here, as you know, is it's sky high. So yeah, there's definitely trade-offs. Yeah, yeah. You you put a lot of what I, what I would call extracurricular work into your photography in terms of you know being involved in various communities and things like that while having a full-time job. And I'm curious, 
for you, do you have any aspirations for where that's going to take you in the future? Or is it purely driven by your passion for being a photographer? Yeah, for now, it's just purely driven by being part of a community, uh, 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 passion for photography, as you said. I don't really have plans to be a full-time photographer or professional photographer for now. Maybe that will change down the road. But by then, who knows, maybe AR, AR photography will just uh, <laughs> take over everything, right? Um, <laughs> but well, no, yeah. I mean, what's cool about that is you don't even have to leave your house. That's right. You just do it all on the computer. Exactly. But, yeah. <laughs> but I think at that point, not to go off on a tangent, but uh, there's going to be, I think, some value uh, in terms of photographers that are uh capturing a moment, an experience, um, and it's authentic. I, I think that's going to be seen as more of a, what do you call it, a, a craft? Like, here's something that, that's real, you know, and I no, think I, that's, that's going to have some value. But I hope so, too. I have. Yeah. I'm putting all my money on it, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know how full-time photographers do it. It's, it's a ton of work, um, but it's... It is a passion, I'm sure, for, for many. Uh, but for now, I'm happy just doing this on, on the side. And um, like I said, it is a great passion of mine. And I like being involved in different communities, not only, well, primarily to, to be inspired by others, yeah. um, but hopefully provide a little bit of inspiration as well yeah. for, for those that are coming up. I'm just I'm just really social, so I, I like that part of it, is just talking to other people, oh. you know? I'm the, I'm the opposite. I'm a, I'm your typical introvert. So this is... I know you're you're always so polite and just very like, hey guys, I loved I loved what you had to say about this, and everyone else is just going off on something. And you're yeah, I'm like, watching on the sidelines, man. <laughs> I'm not getting into all those dis- debates. It's it's fun to watch, <laughs> but yeah, you're a lurker, huh? I'm a lurker, and uh, most of the times I'll keep my opinion to myself. Yeah. Well. Shifting gears, um, mm-hmm. I would love if you could talk a little bit about the importance to you um, of taking risks as a photographer, because that can go any number of ways, right? Physical sure. risks, mental risks, risks with what you photograph, things like that. Yeah. Uh, so to start off with, I, you know, I, as you mentioned, we we moved my fam. I moved my family out here to Denver, and that was a big risk. I didn't know how that was going to work out. But we saw an opportunity uh, to be closer to nature and also just um, the culture here about being more outdoors oriented. And um, uh, so, yeah, that, that was a risk that we weighed. And uh, so far, it's been working out uh, uh, from a photography standpoint and a family um, quality standpoint. Um, so there's that kind of risk that people, you know, maybe they're in a situation where um, they want to go and, and photograph new things, whether it be uh, seascapes or the mountains. And, and in their current environment, they don't really have that. Of course, they could travel, but you know, an alternative would be, well, maybe I can make a big move and, and make that happen. Um, you know, what would it take and what are the pros and cons and, and weigh those risks for themselves. Um, so there's that aspect. Uh, there's also a risk of not following the crowd and the trends and, you know, social media is, and all the things that go on there, you know, basically carving your own path, 
following your own uh, vision and your own uh, creative journey. Um, that takes risks as, as well and some bravery, I think, to put yourself out there and, and uh, being true to yourself. Yeah, for sure. Those are important. I'm reminded of um, a conversation I had with Hans Strand. He said, be mm -hmm. brave. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I was driving on, on I-70, and I, I was listening to your, your talk with him, and I remember that very clearly. Yeah, be brave. Yeah. And so, great advice. Yeah. So, for you, you talked a little bit about your vision and kind of going a different direction. What is, what is your vision for, for, your, for your photography? Well, I think uh, William Neal probably said it best, uh, and, and it's really the experience of discovery. Mm. Um, and, and what that means to me is um, taking this uh, explore-driven approach to photography. It's going in into nature without any expectations. And it took me a while to learn that and, and think, I guess that's one positive of, of the pandemic. You have time to reflect and think right. and uh, reevaluate yourself and, and, and your photography. And, um, you know, at that point, I was largely results oriented, uh, especially moving to a new place and an exciting place like Colorado. Um, you know, you wake up and, and go into the mountains with this plan. I got to get to this point, um, you know, and uh, everything was new and fresh. Uh, and you were hoping for great conditions and, you know, you know how that goes. We all go through that stage uh, of, of prioritizing the results. Uh, what image that I captured uh, on that trip that made that trip worthwhile. Um, but now it's flipped the other way. It's more of, okay, I'm just going to spend time out of nature, see what I can see, slow down and really connect and really discover. And so that's really my my mind set and, and approach that yeah, I've adopted. I love that. I, I had the exact same experience in 2013. I moved to Portland and yeah. the Pacific Northwest and it was all re results like, oh, I got to go to that spot that's been photographed by Mark Adamus and I got to go to that spot that's been photographed by Ryan Dyer and I got to go to this spot because I'd have seen Gary Randall photograph that place and and it was like every time I'd go it was didn't work, of course, like there's, you know, Especially, I had a full-time job then, too, so I was like, you could go, like, maybe twice a month or something. And, right. You know, of course, the weather was never cooperating when you were out there, things like that. So, um, yeah, that approach, that shift in my approach has worked really well for me, too, in terms of keeping me engaged in photography, but also exploring and, you know, just reacting to what I find and seeing what happens. Exactly, and I think it it um, it all starts when you leave the house. Before you leave the house, like okay, um, having that right mindset uh, before you go in and uh, and seeing what you find. Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. I man, I I can't even stress enough how much that has helped me in my photography over the last few years. Just erasing those expectations and just just responding right yeah, yeah exactly yeah slowing down and and just observing and um this really uh you know will help you a lot i think and growing creatively and 
So it's, yeah, so far it's I, been working out. Yeah, and I think it's a great way to differentiate yourself too, you know, because only you are going to be the one that notices what you notice. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I heard it, I heard photography being des- being described as, obviously it's a visual language, um, and it has with it an exponential number of um, choices when it comes to visual design. Uh, when you're framing up a composition, uh, only you, um, well, the photograph will be unique because you made certain choices in, in, in the visual design. Um, so, yeah, that's one way to definitely differentiate yourself uh, from everybody else. Yeah, for sure. yeah. I'm curious, <clears throat> do you think it's necessary to go through that phase of being results-driven? Hmm. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. It's, it's possible for somebody to just completely skip that, right? And just probably. go <laughs> straight to making incredible, introspective, expressive images. Um, right, right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, well, lucky I, them. Lucky, yeah, <laughs> I would say. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, but, I'm definitely an existentialist. Like, I don't have any regrets about quote-unquote, wasting those years because obviously right. I gained experience and perspective and all of those things. But it would have been nice to get there sooner. <laughs> right, right, yeah. You know, I've been at it since 2010, and I'm slow. I'm just now realizing, oh, I'm okay at it, you know. And right. Finding Take- my own, I hate to say voice, but my own um, uh, expressive uh, uh, qualities or approach. So. Yeah, it just took a decade. It's fine. Exactly. Yeah, it's the long, the long road. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> and not to, you know, this reminds me of. Uh, did you read that recent article by Guy Tell and not Guy Tell, excuse me, um, Brooks Jensen, in his lens work? Uh no, actually, it's sitting right over there. I haven't read it yet. Yeah, uh, it's really good. Um, you know, where I want to get to and is this plateau of despair, as he calls oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's when you reach the plateau of despair after going through these these uh, this stages in your photography life. Um, that's when you start making uh, what he calls meaningful art. You know, so no, quite I interesting. I think that's probably true. Maybe, yeah. I'm not, that sounds really depressing. So we should call it something else. Right. Yeah. Like the plateau, plateau. of being okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'd go with that. Yeah, like the sounds sad. Decent photography. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Good article though. It's, it made makes it made me think. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. I think that's based on a graphic I saw once, where it's called like the Plateau of Despair. Yeah, he probably yeah. borrowed from some of it yeah. from that. But all right, well, maybe this is related to that. But you recently started heavily experimenting with intentional camera movement or ICM and and multiple exposure work and still images kind of as a blended approach to making your photographs and I'm curious if you can talk about why you have why you've gone in that direction and kind of what it's done for you yeah so we we talked about the transition from a explore explore driven approach to a I'm sorry a results driven approach to explore driven approach so I think just the natural progression is is experimentation uh, and pushing your yourself creatively, and so I think that 
work. We talked about ICMs and multi-exposure blending. I think that was just a natural progression for me. Uh, I actually started, I, I looked it up. It was late, uh, early last year uh, when I started messing around uh, and playing and tinkering in, in Photoshop. Because uh, I think I was inspired by uh, a number of folks doing that kind of work. You know, Glennis Garnett, Joe Stephen, um, Walter oh. Bailey, yeah. uh, and, and those folks. And I was blown away at what, what they were capable, what they were doing uh, with uh, their photography and taking it to a, to another level that I'd never seen before. Right. So it's that shift from shift from the eyewitness of, of recording what you saw in, in the field. Uh, to perhaps something uh, more uh, creative, uh, more introspective, uh, whatever the word is. But um, it just allowed me to, to explore different themes uh, for myself and to communicate uh, stories, ideas, emotions. Um, a lot of the images that you see in that series um, deal with the destruction of our natural world climate change, but also hope. There's one that's really, has been really, uh, uh, has res- resonated with people and it's called Regeneration. And it's uh, an image of barren trees with, uh, and, and midground is ice. And then in the lower foreground are these uh, pine cones and pine needles. And so by blending these images together, I'm able to express this idea that life is cyclical there's 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 a an end and a beginning and but it, it's a circle right so yeah um and uh we return from from nothing and uh but anyway it's a story of regeneration so that's why i titled it no i love that yeah thank you yeah so when you, i'm i've always been curious for those types of images when you're in the field kind of piecing things together or at least seeing things do you have the end result in mind or are you kind of, for lack of a better term, gathering components that you'll later kind of figure out how they work together? Or what is that? How does that work in your brain? Right. Uh, and I forgot to mention, that's a good question. I forgot to mention that my Sony camera does not do multi-exposure right. blending yeah. uh, in camera. Me neither. So, yeah, I know you're a Sony shooter. Uh, come on, Sony. I know. Um, that's like the only thing that's left. Really? I mean, push out a firmware update or something. Come on. Come on. So I was sort of forced to to do the blending and and Photoshop and use uh, layers and and techniques there. Um, but to answer your question, when I first started, yeah, I took the raw ingredients, what I've captured in the field, and I was just basically experimenting. I was saying, okay, with this image, with this image. If I change up blend modes and opacities, what could I come up with? Um, and there's, you find certain patterns. Like if you take an image with fall foliage, and if you do a certain blend mode, it'll tend to look like fire if you put it on top of another image. Uh-huh. And so that's the light, light bulb came on, came on, and uh, I was like, oh, whoa. This is pretty cool. Let me let me see what I can do and try to explore some of these themes that I have in my head, and so that's how some of the some of those images came about. Yeah, you've I'm, got a mm-hmm. you've got a great article on your website that we'll link to as well, where you oh, kind of you. talk about your approach to that. Yeah, 
yeah, for anyone who wants to check it out, that, that would be great. But what I'm finding now is uh, I'm starting to uh, preconceive images in, in my head. And so when I'm in the field, uh, let's say, for example, this one where I did an ICM photo, uh, capture of, of these trees. This was after, uh, uh, this was, I believe, after spring... Uh, or maybe it was after late summer right into fall and so the trees were barren and then I I captured an ICM photograph of that Um, but nearby in a field there were these wildflowers that were just like the last of the wildflowers of the season and so I captured a straight image of that Um, and in my mind I knew I I wanted to blend these two together and of course Sony my camera doesn't do multi-exposure blending but uh you know, I was able to capture those 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 images um, with a purpose, with an intent. Um, and then later on, when I got back home after some time, I, I blended them together and I created that image. Um, and so that was really the uh, an idea that was uh, executed in the field and then completed uh, in post uh, versus the way I was doing it before. Yeah, and I feel like in order to fully capitalize on that technique you have to have a little bit of knowledge about those blend modes and like kind of right. what the results going to look sort of like so that you can kind of pre-envision what the ingredients need to look like to combine them. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it, but you know, it just takes practice and and yeah. with practice you'll get to know what those patterns are and what works, what doesn't work. I have a ton of images that just flat out don't work uh and <laughs> yeah, so of course, of course yeah you know there's only i think in this collection that i have i am up to 14 uh images total and um you people might say oh that's not a whole lot you know um in a year but what i want to express is uh i never try to f- force um these photo montages or composites i want them to feel um organic and uh, it, it's not just a byproduct of, oh, this is, I did something in Photoshop, this is the result, you know, here, here it is. Um, I want the images to have a meaning behind them and a message and a story uh, and with a purpose. So. so if someone listening wanted to try this out and they either don't have a camera that can do it or they're a Sony photographer... <laughs> <laughs> or they or they don't know what their camera can do what what would you suggest someone do to kind of get going on this um so some practical um tips would be to um when you're in the field capture images of textures uh they make a great um uh option for blending later so if you see you know grasses or leaves or certain patterns, rocks, uh, ice, uh, just go ahead and capture those. And, and that's going to build up your your, invent, your image inventory that you can use. Um, and then and, uh, in the meantime, go ahead and start collecting other images, which will serve as your base, um, that you can later blend in those texture files um, to create something that uh, might resonate with you uh, to whatever it is you want to express. Nice. And uh, I often use Lighten Blend Mode um, and uh, 
and, and darken also and multiply uh, work well. Okay. So just play around with those? Just play around with those and... Different opacities? Uh, correct. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just mess around with the, the opacities, uh, try different images and, and different orders because that sometimes makes a difference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and, and really, Valda uh, Bailey has some good videos and, on her YouTube channel uh, where she kind of goes through her workflow and, and uh, some insights into her approach, which are I found useful. Awesome. Yeah. And... Uh... I know you also still are doing just, you know, straight images that you're editing normal without any, you know, any, any kind of blending or anything like that. So oh, for sure. Yeah. Are those like, are, what are the differences between those images and your ICM multi, multiple exposure images? In terms of the message, the message yeah, what, them, like or... what you're trying to communicate or like your mindset when you're capturing them, those kind of things. The, the images that are more eyewitness, uh, the eyewitness approach, meaning this is what I've saw in the field and I'm, I'm capturing the, I, they, what I want to do with those is kind of showcase nature, uh, or a moment as it happened. Uh, you, you've referenced that, uh, snowball image that I captured, mm -hmm. um, things that folks may not have noticed that approach, that approach helps communicate those ideas uh, about moment um, versus the multi-exposure blending ICM. Um, those are, are more abstract in nature, uh, more ethereal. So yeah, there's just two different approaches to basically conveying uh, different messages uh, is what I would say. And when you're in the field, are you kind of mentally open to both or are you seeking one or the other or how does that work for you yeah uh, i think um let me think about that <laughs> tip because to create the um the first which is mm -hmm. the eyewitness approach um uh, type images you know i i try to enter a flow state i try to slow down and really be mindful of uh, the moment or really fine-tune a composition, uh, organize something in, in uh, a visual design. And so that's more of in the field, you know, being connected to nature versus gathering the ingredients, the images to later combine and post. So yeah, there, there's just, there's two different mindsets that you have, that you'll need to, right. to execute both. Gotcha. And yeah. there I'm guessing, I mean, you may or may not be conscious of it, but I'm guessing that kind of the speed of your thinking and kind of what you're focused on is totally different between the two approaches. Right, for sure. Um, yeah. yeah. Now, I'll admit, sometimes I'll I'll do ICM if the conditions are just terrible. <laughs> you know, I try not to use it in a crutch. I, I don't do as much ICM now as I, as I did last year. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it's just, uh, uh, I would say, you know, one, one approach to doing that mindset, mindset uh, uh, shift, I would say. What would you say are the top three things that have contributed to your success as a photographer? Hmm. 
Okay. So this is, since I'm NASA, I work for a space program. We use a lot of acronyms. Um, so I, be, I, have to be, I have to be careful about the order I, I present these. <laughs> uh, so the first is we talked about explore, right? So um, when you're out in nature, just slowing down, exploring, uh, being mindful uh, and being connected. Um, so that's been a huge um, benefit uh, to my photography. It's just adopting that that approach. Um, the next one is play. When you're in the field, um, don't just set up your tripod. Uh, take the time to uh, explore the scene, look at it from different perspectives, um, shooting up, shooting down. Uh, different focal lengths, uh, different techniques. We talked about ICM, uh, uh, slow shutter speeds, uh, fast shutter speeds. Um, just just playing and uh, using your camera as a tool to express yourself. And, and, and capture something that you think... Um, might communicate a, a message or a story or an emotion. Um, and then the other thing is experiment. So we talked about explore, play, and experiment. Um, and so, uh, you know, that comes in in the form of um, when you're in the editing phase, um, you know, what was what's the mood that you want to convey in your image? Um, you know, you can uh, go with a dark mood um, if you that's what you want to communicate in your image. Um, we talked about multi-exposure blending and photo montages and creating those through experimentation. Um, and I think those help you unlock different levels of creativity uh, when you go through those, um, when you adopt those approaches of explore, playing, and experimenting. I'm really upset that you didn't go with play first. Oh yeah, I got to be careful about that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man, you can yeah, totally it, right? sell that. Take the Alfredo Mora P approach. Hey, there you go. Uh, it's trademarked now. Well, let's go with it. Yeah, I love <laughs> it. No, actually, though, that's actually really good advice. Though I think all three of those things are things that I try to instill in people when they're asking me questions about my approach too. So I think that's, that's, that's just great yeah, advice. That, that's really been uh, super helpful in, in, in my own uh, creative journey, I would say. So I, I asked you what's contributed to your success, but maybe first we should have asked, how do you define success? What does success mean to you as a photographer? Oh yeah, it's, that's a tricky one because obviously it, it Success means something to different people, um, or it means something different to, to people. Um, so obviously, if you're working professional success, you know, am I making a living? Am I providing for my family? Uh, in, in my case, uh, with me being a, uh, an amateur photographer, uh, the way I ex uh, define success is Am I producing work that I'm happy with, that is a, that I'm proud of, 
compared to last week or last year? Am I growing creatively? Am I expressing myself in a way that uh, I want to, uh, organically and uh, authentically? So I love that's that. the way I would say uh, success, what it means to me. Have you ever had any backslides where you looked back and your photography is getting worse? <laughs> I'm probably in that phase now. I don't know. Uh, I think that's natural. Um, it is, yeah. You know, maybe because uh, last year was such a creative uh, uh, boom for me. Uh, I just had a creative year. I don't know how to quantify that. But, yeah, I think we go through those cycles, to be honest. Um, and uh, it's good to take a break every once in a while and, and re-energize and, and uh, be inspired by other, whether it be other media, artwork, books, movies, uh, other artists. And, uh, um, yeah, and then coming back to it, um, uh, with uh, with new energy, so yeah, I think we it's natural to go through that. that yeah, cycle. and I think it's okay to take take breaks too. You know, I know you, you can't be a hundred percent creative. You know, every every day. Um, I guess some people can, but for me, it hasn't worked out. Right. Um, yeah. 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 And it, it does take a while for me to disengage from my day to day, you know, responsibilities. Uh, to 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 be creative, um, and I'm envious of you with your multi backpacking trips, uh, being immersed in, in in the natural world. Uh, I, I would love that opportunity uh, to do that because I think that that that's a big benefit, a big help. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, it can be. Yeah, no, it is. Um, it's interesting though. I feel like on my backpacking trips, I'm probably the least productive photography wise just because you're so focused on survival and like you know getting to point a from point a to point b like you probably walk past all kinds of really cool photographs yeah that's true but it immerses you in nature which is a huge huge benefit right yeah yeah i guess we could argue that returning to a place um is also super beneficial and growing creatively for sure yeah uh, what are your methods for looking for inspiration? Yeah, so last year, I, um, as you know, I started to build this uh, photography uh, photo book uh, collection from artists that I wanted to support and who I, I admire. So I think the first book I purchased was Eric Bennett's, um, our, our friend, uh, and his book, which was phenomenal. Um, so it basically set a high standard uh, for photo books. And then from there, I just started adding more and more. kind of got uh, obsessed with it, to be honest. I think I'm at 20 photo books uh, now, which is a lot for about a year. So uh, I've definitely been enjoying those. And um, during the winter break, you know, spending some time uh, looking through those. Um, so, yeah, inspiration through photography books, uh, inspiration through curated social media. Mm. Um, and by, what I mean by that is uh, being mindful of the artists that you do follow and being involved in 
and uh, that community sharing images and and being inspired by uh, uh, images from from those that you look up to. You got any uh, got any favorite photo books? Now you're going to put me on the spot. I, they're all excellent, but uh, of course we mentioned Eric uh, Eric's book. Of course, uh, Sandra Bartoka. Yeah, her yeah, her Eric's recent book. books. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. Uh, Sandra's books uh, are amazing. Uh, I don't. She's got a a great eye and. Uh, an awesome way to uh, pull together and, and uh, uh, organize her, her images that build um, a story. So there's like a journey when you look at one of her books. Right. So she, yeah, she yeah. Does it so well. Yeah, yeah. Those are those are good. Those are good recommendations. Mm-hmm. Well, along those same lines, I'm going to ask you the the hard hitting question here. Okay. You said you'd put some thought into. And you said it was really hard. <laughs> what? Okay, I think I know which one it is. So what's the difference between inspiration and copying? And how can uh, viewers of the work tell the difference between the two? Yeah, I think it's that latter question that's the hardest. Um, but uh, in terms of defining copying versus being inspired. You know, when we first start out in our photography journey, um, the way we learned is by looking at others' work, uh, other photographers' work, and kind of emulating either their style or maybe visiting their, the same locations mm-hmm. that they may have. And so, you know, we're basically learning by copying, right? And where it changed, to me, where it changes from copying to uh, inspiring being inspired is looking at images and going into the field and bringing in, bringing with you your own life experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you're inspired by somebody's work, but then you take that and you go into the field. Uh, you don't necessarily copy the same style or the same technique, but you're bringing with you your own life experiences and and expressing uh, those experiences through your own work. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it does, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, no, and it's, I don't know, have you had the, for me, because obviously I look at a lot of photography and certain images yeah. just kind of, they just stick in your brain, you know? It's like, it's there and right. it doesn't want to go. Do you have a hard time... Uh, not letting that influence you or do you just accept it like what's your approach to that kind of influence yeah i think that influence is there whether you recognize it or not it's in the subconscious at least for me so yeah you just have to be mindful of that as much as you can and there's obviously a lot of recurring themes in nature photography especially uh, intimate landscapes you know we're all shooting essentially similar subjects uh, for the most part whether it be water abstracts, mud tiles, uh, rock abstracts, trees, tree, tree bark, <laughs> the common one. Oh God! Come on, well, we all have that. Let's not talk about tree bark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, it's it's taking those those common themes, right? But then also uh, uh, adding your own perspective, your own experience, your own creative eye uh, to create something more unique, more of that represents you. 
versus just a copy of somebody else's work. Not always right. easy to do, for sure. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, and then copying, you know, uh, there's intentional and there's non-intentional. And uh, we can go off on a tangent on on the intentional copying that people do. You know, I was the first to photograph this scene, you know, but I didn't give credit to this other photographer who shot it five years ago. You know, that's a form of copying. Um, yeah, I mean, there's one thing to copy popular scenes you know mm -hmm. like go into tunnel view or mesa arch or horse you know the popular iconic the scenes icons, like that's yeah. one that's whole that's like one thing that to me that's i don't see that as copying necessarily okay. it's where the ones that get under my skin is when someone who's well established already follows a bunch of photographers for their unique photos and then they go copy those very unique photos that like only that person has. Yeah. To me, that for starters, I, th I mean, it's fine if you want to do it. It's fine, but like, give credit for sure. This yeah, one person has this photo before I did. They're the one. I they're the person I saw it from, and they're the reason why I went and drove six hours to this spot and figured out on Google Earth exactly where they took the picture and all that. Right. Like, it doesn't hurt to just say, "Hey, Alfredo Mora." And inspired me to go find this image and I captured it, you know? Right. But a lot of times what we see is they'll go out and take the photo and even like get the exact thing in the corner or whatever, you know? Oh, it's yeah. like Yeah. And you're like, seriously, come on man. Like and then they have like a hundred thousand Instagram followers and they're just eating it up and meanwhile the person who had the original has like two thousand and right. they get they get zero Still love. Unfair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's where i draw the line for sure like yeah let's not do that and um yeah i just don't understand it like yeah i guess they have their own motivations um yeah, yeah. but yeah i did a whole i did a whole instagram story thread about this a while okay. back and everyone thought i was talking about icons oh yeah see i, w I did the same thing there too so and i'm like i'm not talking about Mesa Arch here. I'm talking about these like really obscure images that no one, you've, like this only this one person has that nobody knows about except for like this very tight, small community of landscape photographers. Right. And then this person goes out and copies it and then gives them and, zero credit. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally wrong. I think so. Okay. Totally shifting topics. Okay. <laughs> Uh, what's your process for releasing images to the public and what venues do you use to showcase your work? Well, I tried something new recently uh, and it's uh, it's something that's becoming more popular with photographers, especially nature photographers. And it's this uh, collection release or gallery release. Right. Not gallery in the sense of physical space, but on your website, for example. Right. Um, so the way it works is at least for me is over the course of three months some some time frame uh or a season you go out and and you record these images uh you take your time to to edit them to curate them and you you build this collection in in lightroom right um and then at a certain point you're like okay these are ready uh to be released to the public and so you publish them on your website 
and and then you send out an Instagram story or like for example on our, our Discord uh, with the other uh, landscape photographers, you know there'll be an an announcement or or somebody will share it. Uh, so I did that uh, last well this recent uh, uh, fall tr- uh, season. So there was about 22 to 24 images that I released, mm-hmm. all centered around the theme of, of, of the fall season. And yeah, it, it was uh, interesting to go through that, that process. There's pros and cons, right? Uh, I guess some of the drawbacks are that you, you're taking your time to, to edit these images. And so you're getting further away from, from remembering the experience uh, somewhat. And uh, so that that could be a potential negative, but there are pros. You know, you can build this collection that basically expresses uh, a message that are tightly curated that you can release as a set. Maybe as a set, they tell a different, a stronger story, a stronger mm-hmm. message yep. than an individual. Um, I call it the conveyor belt release, where you release an image at a time, right. uh, which is what I used to do. Um, yeah. many people do. Um, but yeah, that was an interesting experience to go through. Uh, I'm currently sitting on a winter collection. Um, nice. So slowly building that up. I haven't been as active uh, out in the field this winter. Just been super busy with work um, and taking care of the space monkeys and all that. Right, of course. Yeah. I mean, um, they need love too. They need food and water. And oh, yeah. They're someone's got to get it to them, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I'm sitting on these images, Matt, and uh, there's there's a a couple that I really want to get out, you know. And uh, I know photographers sometimes will hold images uh, for years, and I don't know how they do that. I know David uh, Thompson is David kind of Thompson. the person that does this the best. I feel like, and <laughs> I don't he recently he put out a Death Valley release, and there's stuff in there from like 2011. I'm like, and it's sat, amazing. You, you sat on that since 2011. Are you serious, dude? It's incredible, yeah. And, you know, Brent Clark, our friend, he, he does some from two or three years ago. Right. Uh, I, and they're I all amazing. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can do it. Yeah, yeah. So um, we'll see how this winter collection goes. I may go back to the one image at a time release. Um, I'm not sure yet. Uh, especially since I'm not full-time and I can't get out on a regular basis. Um, you know, it's hard to build a strong collection uh, because you'll release it and then it takes months to build a new one, right? Right. right. So what are you doing? Obviously, you're going to release the images slowly uh, over social media or on your website, but there's going to be a point where you're going to run out of images to to share. Right. Um, That's where I'm at right now. Well, sort of. I mean, I've got couple trips to utah that i haven't edited the photos from yet but yeah there's not a ton of stuff in there that super excites me so whatever yeah yeah well i'm looking forward to seeing them um and and sharing images on social media isn't the the main driver for releasing work at least in my view you know we should i would say take our time and when they're ready they're ready whether it be through a collection or individual yeah um I, um, so when I got, I went on this trip to Antarctica and one of our students turned me on to this idea. She, she releases her photos in these like storyboards Hmm. 
where it's it's more like a trip report, sort of, but it's like a blog or kind of, but it's uh, it's hard to describe. Like there's you know there's like maps and then there's like stories about things that happen behind the scenes and you know there's like it's more it's more based on the experience but it's a little bit more than a trip report but it's mm-hmm. it's a little bit different than anything i've ever seen before and i thought that was really clever oh that's really cool yeah i'll have uh, to link it in the show notes it's it was pretty interesting i like uh the way uh and this is something i've seen also recently is the way um uh sarah marino and and uh, oh, Ron, yeah, David and Kingham, David Kingham, and others. Um, uh, what's uh, I forgot uh, this other young lady's name. Uh, she released an, an excellent. It's basically a an ebook, right? Um, that they've pu- published with her images, with um, with text in some right. cases. Yeah, Michael Run just did one too. Yeah, I got I mean, I, I'm way behind. I got to check his work out. And um, yeah, so I think that's an interesting approach. To, to releasing your images um, and in that format. Yeah, you know? it takes a little bit extra, you know, but it, and I think what's sort of genius about that approach is that it also can act as a, a lead magnet for right. e- newsletter signups and things like that. But for sure, you know, I guess Michael used PowerPoint. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever well, works. Yeah, whatever works. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll check it out for sure. But yeah, um, I may do something like that in the future. But for now, it's basically um, building the collection, uh, maybe showing it to a trusted photographer, get their feedback. Okay, which images don't fit or yep. which is weak, um, and and then publishing them to my site and then kind of sharing the news. So that's the current approach I've been I've been taking. Yeah, I like uh, I like it. Yeah, I've yeah. Been, I've been trying to do that too when I can. Like, if there's enough, you know. When there's enough, yeah, yeah. You know, but if it's like, like uh, this summer, I probably went out maybe five or six times, and I think I got like three okay photos out of the whole thing. Yeah. You know, but it's like, okay, I'm not gonna come. I'm not gonna do a release based on that. But you know, right. if, if you go on an amazing fall color trip and you get like 50 images you love, then it's much easier to do. Right. Yeah. And. You know, and this could lead into building projects, you know, a project-based right. release. Um, um, so, you know, there's a lot of opportunities there yep. for sure. Yep. Um, and then what I've noticed recently also is folks have been, uh, uh, other photographers have been um, contacting me to kind of review their their uh, oh, cool. upcoming releases. Yeah, so nice. So that's been exciting to, to have the trust of, of people to say, hey, I have this collection of images. Do you mind going through and giving me your thoughts and right. and see if they uh, are cohesive or you know? So that's that's been a lot of fun to go through that process with them. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Do you advertise that at all? I I don't. Uh, I should start charging for that, right? You should. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I I do it just because it's 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 a lot of fun <laughs> and and I am uh, uh, honored to do that. It's it's. It's a privilege. That's cool. Um, and they're friends. More, so yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Of course. Couple, couple more subjects. Um, sure. What have your experiences been um, with entering photography competitions? Yeah. Um, so, so last year, uh, like I said, um, I, I 
taking risks, right? You know, trying new things. So I, I wanted to see, especially based on the growth that I was seeing for, for myself, mm-hmm. not based on what others are, have commented on, but for myself, uh, I wanted to see how, um, how much I've grown um, uh, since adopting that, that mind shift uh, and that new approach. And so I entered, uh, well, let me back up. I did enter NLPA in its inaugural year. Um, really didn't have, should not have. <laughs> I didn't do well, <laughs> but uh, that was expected. Um, but I was, I was really curious on, on the whole process. Uh-huh. Um, but, but last year I entered again uh, with a stronger body of work uh, just to see uh, how I would do. Uh, again, I go with these into these competitions with no expectations. Um, so I entered NLPA uh, year two. I entered this, uh, which I've never heard of, this close-up photographer of the oh, year yeah. contest. Yeah, yeah. And, and really the only reason I, well, not the only reason, but after more research, what got me hooked was the judging, the judges. I saw that Rachel Talibart was a judge. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, this seems pretty reputable if Rachel's on there as a judge, right? So judging is important. The judges are important Absolutely. in some sense. Um um, so I entered that one, and I actually was uh, awarded one of the finalists in the landscape nature category. Nice. So that was exciting. Um, and here recently, I entered the Sony Photography Awards. No expectations. You know, it's free. Why not? Yeah. And uh, I think they're announcing winners in April, but I believe winners should have been notified already in late March gotcha. or mid-March. Uh huh. Um, so again, no expectations, no harm, no foul. Uh, right. Those are the few that I've entered, but um, the one that has fared the best for me is the Natural Landscape Photography Awards, uh, which is a contest that I firmly, firmly believe in, uh, and what they're trying to do, and what you're trying to do with your team. So, oh, thank um, you. Really, uh, was honored, and uh, you know. Uh, surprised by the third place results. And, and yeah, you did awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. We loved your we loved your images for sure. Thank you. I, mean, I can't wait for the the photo book. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. I hopefully Tim's sending me the palette. Yeah, you're saying. getting what like 500 books. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can't <Good> wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, actually it'll be fun because. Uh, I got a system down now for packaging. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, I can't wait to get my copy. So, cool. Yeah, but photography contests, uh, I think if you go out, uh, enter them with the right approach of no expectations um, and just having fun with them uh, to see, kind of gauge where you're at creatively, I think they can be useful. Yeah. And I think, you know. You can it can also open up doors for you in this community, right? I mean, yeah, you know, like we probably wouldn't have necessarily known who you were if you didn't enter, and now you're on this podcast. And I recently got a uh, honorable mention in a competition in uh, Spain, the Memorial Luisa. Um, oh, that's awesome! Comp- and and I'm just I'm going to the gala in. Spain. So it's like Congratulations, man. Gonna, it's amazing. Yeah, thanks. I'm gonna meet all these other photographers in Spain and I'm really excited for that. So you know, yeah. I think it's 
I agree with you. Like, have no expectations, but you know, some cool things can come of it if you do well. So, yeah, it goes back to to taking the the, the risks that we talked about, you know, and just yeah, make, see not? where it goes. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. All right, I got a couple more questions for you. Okay. So the next last one, you took you recently took up the role of moderating the abstract category for the critiques on Nature Photographers Network. Mm-hmm. What's what's that been like for you? I'd have to say it's overall been a, uh, a really good experience. Um, being involved in that community uh, as a moderator, looking at uh, some really awesome work from uh, the photographers that are submitting their images for critique. Um, at first, I was apprehensive because, you know, who am I to critique somebody's <laughs> work? <laughs> you know, um, but uh, with practice, you kind of... Um, Get a get a feel for what uh, kind of feedback you should deliver, uh, meaningful quality feedback. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great way to help out uh, NPN, and uh, I'm I'm grateful to be involved in in that community as as a moderator. So it's it's fun. It doesn't take up too much time. I wish I could dedicate more time. Um, like I said, I I am busy uh, during the week, um, but I do try to allocate some time. Uh, each day to go in and, and check the post and and provide that feedback to to the community for the members. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I just set up email alerts for different categories. Yeah. yeah. And then when I get the email, I'll just hop in there if I have time, and you know, if I have something to say, I'll say it, and if I don't, I don't. Yeah, for sure, and, <laughs> and that's a good approach. Yeah, and, I don't uh, comment on everything, you know. Right. It, yeah. It, it just takes up so much time. If you're going to comment on everyone's posts, you know, in all the categories, but right. try to limit yeah. it to, to nature. I'm sorry, uh, the landscape and the abstract categories. Yeah. I don't, I don't mess around with flora and wildlife and birds and stuff like those people would just laugh at me. So <laughs> I, I, I really should submit some of my wildlife images cause they're not that great, but, um, you know, <laughs> It's more to do to do with the camera that I have than skill, you know. Yeah, no, I, 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 well, patience <clears throat> is one well, that, I, that I lack. I mean, come on. Yeah, if you're gonna do it the right way, yeah, wildlife photography is its own ball of wax. You know, it's patience yes. and and not just patience, but uh, a good understanding of animal behavior and mm-hmm. and. Uh, biology and ecology and all that stuff so totally which is all really cool it's stuff. amazing yeah to yeah. be immersed in that yeah yeah but how i got uh, the role of moderator we go back to taking risks and saying yes to opportunities you know i wrote an article for npn on icm photography last year and it was a, a successful article that was published um people really resonated with with that article and learned uh my, my thoughts and my process behind ICM and how it impacts my creativity. And so that kind of led to other opportunities with Nature Photographers Network and ultimately this, this moderator position. So super grateful to David and, and, and Jennifer and the team over there. Nice. All right, Alfredo, one more question. Who would you recommend our listeners learn more about or who should we have here on the podcast all right. I think I sent you quite a few. You and, did. Uh, I didn't adhere to your, you know, one to five name list. Um, Shame on you. I know. 
<laughs> and I'm going to add another one to the list that that you know you may like. Uh, okay. Okay. Good. So no no order. There's and uh, this is a testament to how many talented photographers are out there uh, that are producing some amazing work. Yes. Um, a lot of them have been on your uh, on your podcast, Matt. Uh, others have not, and others have been mentioned. Um, but the first one is David Ward, um, UK-based yes. photographer. Uh, just an amazing eye for composition, and I love the sense of clarity and color in his work. Mm. Um, just super talented photographer. Yeah, I like and his apparently work a really too, nice yeah. guy. He actually yeah. responded to a message from from me, so. That's a win in my book. Yeah. If you're a good person and an awesome photographer, yeah, awesome. Uh, next one is Michael Fry. Yeah, of uh, course. So yeah, he's, Cal- he's been he's been on. Oh, he has been on. But okay. we, could, we should have him back. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I need to check out his uh, his show then. His part, yeah, his uh, episode. It's been a while, but yeah, I want to say it was like 2018, 2019. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah super super nice guy and. Uh, talented photographer educator so so highly recommend him yeah he's like one of the nicest guys on earth he is yeah <laughs> he's amazing like yeah um and he has amazing images uh another photographer you know kevin monaham yeah, yeah uh yeah. you know uh did very well uh, in the nlpa competition i think he won first place in the uh Help me out. Grand Landscape? Yep. Okay. So, well-deserved, Washington-based photographer, um, beautiful, expressive work, so really a fan of his images. So, yeah, I'd like to too. learn more about him. Yeah, and we did a we did a print exchange over Christmas. Remember that? Yeah, I, I missed that. I'm not sure how I missed that. Yeah, but, we uh, did a little Santa Claus I need to get involved print exchange, and he was the person I got picked, so I had to send him a print. So oh, awesome. Hopefully he liked it. <laughs> well, I'm sure he did. Your your work is awesome too, Matt. So, oh, all right, the next one here. Uh, moving along, Klaus Axelson. Yes. Oh, I got his last name right. Norwegian photographer, amazing uh, images and uh, wonderful compositions. A lot of mood in his images. So, fan of his work. Yeah, I like his colors too. Huh? Yeah. Like they're very, they're kind of muted, but. They work really well together. Yep. I was looking at his biography on his website, and he's got an interesting story to tell, and uh, I think he'd be a good good guest on the show. Okay, cool. Um, A name that's been mentioned quite a few times, I think, uh, and uh, and a photographer that I admire is Jason Pettit. Yes. Um, You know, uh, just amazing work. Uh, His symbolism that he injects in his images and the expressiveness, uh, really Awesome work, so love to hear him on the show. Um, not sure if you know Kristen Weinhold. Uh, uh, sounds familiar. Yeah, uh, I think her name is Kristen Photography on Instagram. Okay. Uh, based out of Germany. Uh, I just love the, uh, her creative journey that she's on. Uh, her work has been... Uh, getting stronger and stronger every time I see it, all her posts. So love to hear her story and her background and her creative journey. So um, just an awesome, awesome photographer. Nice. Love it. 
Yeah, along the same lines, uh, Sally Mason, UK-based photographer, a lot of ICM work, a lot of emotion in her work, so um, really talented photographer that I'd like to learn more about. Sweet. Uh, a couple more names, uh, Elvis. Great name, right? Elvis Dolly. Yeah, I like his stuff too. Yeah, yeah, awesome photographer, super talented, and yes. especially the intimate work, uh, small scenes, just crushing it, so... Um, Seems like he's an enigma. I don't know much about him, but I'd love to um, know more. On Landscape did a feature on his work maybe last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah I need to dig more into that then. Okay, yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah. Great. And you mentioned his name already, but uh, he's just been amazing, um, especially recently. Cesar Yaneza? Cesar? Yes. Yeah, his his work is amazing. Yeah, it's um, his abstracts are out of this world. So uh, good. So tightly composed and just the color work. Dude, he did um, one recently that blew my mind. I think it was a little bit of ICM or something, yeah. or, but it's like a all of the light had there's just like triangles. Did you see that one? Like it was yeah, a coastal it, image or something. It's a coastal image, but you know, you it it makes you think and look deeper so it almost looks like a forest on the left side oh it's insane with, with fog <laughs> and so if he submits that to a contest well you know, oh it's so it's good <laughs> game over i think uh in my humble opinion but, oh no it's when i saw that i was like are you serious <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's um there are images that stick with you and his is on top of the list uh, along with all the photographers i mentioned they have amazing work and images that um speak to me so yeah those yeah. are the names i would provide for you awesome alfredo awesome 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 well this has been so much fun and like finally we were able to pull it off i think we've been trying to do this for a couple maybe at least a year now or something so yeah yeah thank you matt i, I had a lot of fun talking with you and uh Hopefully I made sense in some of my rambling, so oh, yeah. not well, used to public speaking, but uh, yeah, I appreciate the platform and the opportunity. Of course, of course. Well, thank you to Alfredo for joining me on the podcast this week. I have long admired your work, so it was a real pleasure getting to know you better. If you enjoyed Alfredo's approach and would like to join both of us on Nature Photographers Network for critique, you can join by heading to npn.link forward slash fstop. Make sure to use the code fstop10 for a 10% discount. Other than the amazing critique forums there, you can join NPN to gain access to countless discounts on tutorials, books, software, prints, and a lot more. Both Alfredo and I hope to see you there. Again, that's npn.link forward slash fstop. Okay, that's all for now. Thanks for stopping in, collaborating with us, and listening. See you next week.